welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Welcome to Syosset's Turn the Page podcast. This is Jessica. I am your host today um, with an author who we've had here a bunch of times before. Her books are always super fun, twisty thrillers, just how I like them. But um, Leah Conan, Keep Your Friends Close is my favorite of your books so far. So uh, welcome. I can't wait to talk to you about it. Thank you so much for having me back. It's been so fun to be able to chat with you and um, the just the community for each book. And I'm so happy to hear that you really enjoyed this one. Yeah, it was really good. Um, and I I will say um, it had some really good characters in it. Um, so this is the story of um, of Mary and she's a soon to be single mom. She's pretty isolated um, and she's going through a very complicated divorce. And, um, you know, she really needs a friend. And then there is the friend that she finds and things get a little weird from there. So would you like to talk a little bit about this book um, and sort of where it came from and um, how the characters are um, a little different from the ones in your previous books? Yes. So I'm a huge fan of Hitchcock and I'm a huge fan of Patricia Highsmith. And I love Strangers on a Train. And I was thinking, what if there was kind of a loose version of that where it wasn't, you know, two guys meeting on a train, but two moms meeting at a playground in Brooklyn. And what if one of them, you know, maybe was not who she said she was, or maybe had some kind of nefarious motives behind uh, some of the things that she was suggesting. And personally, I was inspired because I had just, I had, we had been uh, with our daughter, we'd been, uh, in upstate New York for part of the pandemic and then we had come back to Brooklyn and so it was kind of like I hadn't been here for you know to do the baby groups and it was a pandemic and it, that was all just kind of not happening so I felt like I was kind of launched into this trying to figure out how to make mom friends kind of situation and I felt that there was something whether you're a parent or not it, there was something very universal about being an adult and trying to connect with other women in a friendly way. And there's kind of like a nervousness and a curiousness to it that I, that I think a lot of people can relate to. So it was just kind of this, you know, this wild idea of like, what if you were just thought you were just making another mom friend at a playground, but one of them was actually a con artist. First of all, I love it. And I love that you mentioned Patricia Highsmith. Um, for sure, you know, I, um, I always appreciate a little bit of a nod to her. Um, yeah, I, I did enjoy it. And, you know, as someone who's been through motherhood, it is such an isolating time. Um, and, you know, for Mary, uh, she's, she's about to leave her husband who is from a very, very wealthy family. Um, and, 
the the idea that she's definitely going to get custody full custody of her son is not necessarily a done deal so she's already got a lot of nervousness around her and when she meets this other woman at a playground that instant connection is such a relief to her but um you know the other character the other main character willa is also very very interesting and has her own thing going on um, when you started writing this, you know, to, to write a thriller, I almost feel like you need to sort of see where the threads are going to intersect. Did you always know or did you write the two characters separately and sort of connect them as it went along? So I did know, I, I don't think I knew every single twist and turn, but I did know, I wrote them, I did not write them separately. I wrote them at the same time, pretty much in order. And I knew I wanted to begin with Mary's story and Mary's perspective and then move into um, Willow's perspective as the book went on. And because in addition to the two narrators, there is also a now then thing happening where we kind of start the book in August in upstate New York, but we're flashing back to what had happened the, the previous spring uh in Brooklyn and so it kind of was I, it's funny I told a friend like if I had just when I kind of look back at what all had happened it does feel like if I set out to write it um with all these timelines and points of view a bit overwhelming but I kind of I had a, a loose idea of how I was going to go through and then each new section of the book kind of when I got to it, I kind of parsed it out and figured out kind of how I was going to put the pieces together. So the family um, that Mary is leaving, they, they were very interesting. Um, <laughs> and that in and of itself, you know, like I think you kind of hit on something there where it's like, well, it was um, claustrophobic for her there too, because, you know, you think like, okay, she, she was from, you know, she did not come from a wealthy family herself. She married George and, you know, you have that feeling of like, oh, you're never going to have to worry about money again. I'm going to have, you know, a child with this person. And then you kind of don't realize some of the unwritten words to certain families that are very affluent and that in and of itself was very isolating which I found really interesting that Mary was looking for an escape in in Willa um I I really don't want to give too much away but their connection it felt so natural um you know but she was like running from one trap to another um how you know how was that writing process for you were you really you know did you find that you were really able to get into her head space into willow's head or mary's well mary's but that you know okay. willow's willow's a little bit i think like willow's a little bit more complicated yeah even. you know <laughs> she's, she's, canon, yeah, she's coming at sure. a completely different angle <laughs> so i mean mary i think yeah i definitely was able to get into her head i think you know, I've lived in Brooklyn for about 15 years now, maybe longer. And I think you definitely living in the city, you 
experience, you run into people of levels of wealth that you kind of can't even replicate other places. And, and something wild about raising kids in the city is that there's all of that is kind of on top of each other and all like together. So, you know, you, you're seeing just how different, um, children are being raised and access to resources can be among um, among different families. And I think that's why I wanted to have the women meet at a playground because the playground is kind of an equalizer in this way where you are going to have, you know, it's a playground in the middle of a public park. So you're going to have kind of children from all backgrounds here, including ones who are uber, you know, coming from families who are uber, uber wealthy and I think for Mary, she did marry into it. But like you said, the unwritten rules, she never really, she didn't do anything to secure her place in it. Um, she didn't really look out for herself. And I think something that she is attracted to in Willa is that Willa always kind of knew. They Neither of them come from money. And Willa had a clear idea that no one was going to help her and not to really trust anyone. So she kind of had this idea that she was going to look out for herself in a way that Mary did not, you know, Mary really did not protect herself with George. She kind of just, you know, thought like, I'm so lucky that I don't have to worry anymore. And here I am in this family, but she never really considered what would happen if she, she, she wasn't able to remain in that marriage. And when the book begins, she's kind of decided that, for many reasons, she's not able to stay with George. And so it's kind of, for her, it's kind of a David and Goliath battle because she just does not have the resources to go up against this family. And she's not acting in the way that they approve of by choosing to leave, by wanting to, she wants to take her son out of the city and to closer to where she grew up um, in upstate New York. And she's not, playing the game and following the rules anymore. And so George and his family are kind of using that to punish her. And I think Willa for all her flaws does kind of open Mary's eyes to that a bit. Yeah, she really does. Um, and, you know, there, there is like a few, like, again, I don't want to talk too much about it, but there are moments where, you know, you are looking at Willa through Mary's eyes and you're just like, this is somebody, you know, when she like she makes a comment like, you know, I can't be bought. There's there's a lot of subtext to that because, you know, as you mentioned before, there's a con going on. But, um, you know, there's also like just a lot of freedom in kind of seeing that. That because, you know, you think that if you are financially stable, you can't be bought, quote unquote. But again, there are these unwritten rules and, you know, it does play very much into Mary's mind. But at the same time, again, you know, Mary just, she really, really needs a friend. And we haven't even talked about the fact that she lost a friend. Mary was really close friends with her ex-sister-in-law who was married to George's brother. Yes. And I think, I think, so I think Cassandra, who's the sister-in-law, I think she's interesting too, because she's yet another woman who came from a background that was not these kind of astronomical levels of wealth as George and his brother's family are. And so it's basically, it's kind of a story of these three different women. Uh, Cassandra's not a main character, but she does play into it 
Cassandra, Mary, and Willa are all kind of on the outside of this circle of wealth. And they're all ostracized from it in different ways. And they're all trying to secure their futures without giving up their freedom and without just kind of letting these men in their lives get away with things. Um, So I think they all go about it in very different ways that play off each other and also play against each other. But they're all kind of throughout the book. That's kind of what they're doing. They're trying to figure out their own independence and how to kind of create a life that they want to live and feel comfortable with. Uh, And there's a lot of pushback against that. What was the most fun part of writing this story? Uh, I loved writing this book. I really did. Um, I think, so there's a whole jewelry element. There's a jewelry angle. Um, Without giving too much away, there is some very extremely valuable jewelry that belonged to Cassandra, the sister-in-law, that has kind of gone missing um, and is being used as a little bit of a wedge um, between some of the members of the family. So I don't know, like it it was just so fun to just imagine, uh, you know, I don't certainly don't have any pieces like this. I never would. So it was kind of fun to just like be writing these scenes of this spectacular jewelry and like, you know, researching it, uh, researching it and, and kind of seeing how, kind of what it's like imagining what it's like to to live in this world um and I think you know some of it was based on my own experience where I would be working in you know I was working at this ad this is years ago but I was working at an ad agency in Manhattan and there would be people who were wearing like um these Cartier love bracelets and who that and those bracelets figure prominently in the book and they just wear them to the office. There was one woman who wore like three of them at a time. And I just, you know, I was curious one day, I just looked it up and I was shocked to realize that each of these bracelets can cost like five to $10,000 a piece. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like to just to know that there are people out there walking around with the equivalent of a brand new car on their wrist. It, uh-huh. That was just oh, yeah. so it's wild to me. I mean, it's just absolutely wild to me. It's something I would never imagine. Oh, it reminds me. I mean, honestly, like, you know, when when I was reading about the jewelry and just this whole thing and then hearing you talk about this, it reminds me about my honeymoon when, you know, we went to this all-inclusive place um, in St. Lucia and, like, they're giving us a tour and they give us a tour of the jewelry shop where it's like, and now you can buy this giant ring or these you know bracelets and they cost like the same as my wedding cost and I was right yeah what who does this but you know I guess people do but like like you were saying like I that's kind of what was in my mind when I was reading the whole thing about the jewelry because you're right you know just I guess to a family like George's you know when you talk about meeting people who have all this wealth and like you, you, like even people who are comfortable just cannot fathom it. Like it just, it's beyond anything you can imagine. Exactly. It's a different, it's a different level. Like it's, you know, there's, there's 
comfort and there's certainly access to money and resources that a lot of people have. And, but then there's like another, there's a level beyond. Um, and I think, I think it was just really fun, especially with the jewelry. It was fun to write it thinking about the different women, Cassandra, who, who originally owned the jewelry, Mary, who's kind of looking for it and Willa, who I don't want to give too much away, but definitely has her own role connected to the jewelry as well to see how all of the different um, women kind of approach it and what it means to them, both emotionally um, and kind of socially and how they, how they present themselves to the world regarding it. But ultimately, financially, because what we're talking about is a trove of jewelry that is worth over $100,000, which is something that most of us could never, ever, ever imagine, myself included. And so it it's at the end of the day, the jewelry, as beautiful and glamorous as it is, the jewelry really is its money and its financial freedom that these the exact kind of freedom that these women are after. And for Mary, it's different because she has this connection through her son. Yes. And that is, you know, something that Cassandra, Cassandra did not have a child with George's brother. Um, and we're not going to talk about Willa because that's complicated. <laughs> that's complicated. Uh, she, yes. Um, but with Mary, you know, she wants to get her child and that means something else when you're in that position. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. So her story is so complicated because of her son. And I think something that anyone could relate to, you know, wanting the best for your child. Um, and I think this is the fear, this, the how scary it would be to feel that your ex and their family is using access to your child as kind of a negotiating tactic and a pawn to control you. I mean, that's terrifying. And so there's that. I mean, so on one hand, she's just trying to truly just trying to like secure like access where she has full custody of this child. Um, and then on the other hand, I think she's also, and I think that's part of what goes into her, approach with George and her feeling like she needs to leave she's also worried about raising him in this world her son and she's worried that uh he is going to grow up to be a man like George who thinks that just money can buy anything and and you don't really need scruples if you have enough of it and that's scary that's really scary to her um and that's part of the reason why she is feeling drawn to go you know, back into the country, go back to a world that she grew up in that feels a bit more real to her. This book was fun. Um, I just loved all of the twists and I mean all of them and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it did really feel, it, it had that nice feeling of an updated Hitchcockian Highsmith type um, winding thread that led you to just a really nice sharp ending. And I want to thank you uh, for chatting with us about it because um, I hope readers love it as much as I did. Oh, thank you so much. And that makes me so happy to hear. So once again, this was Jessica with Syosset Libraries Turn the Page podcast. My guest was... 
Leah Conan. <laughs> and we are going to close this chapter of Turn the Page. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode. Thank you.